Are you familiar with the term and the idea of a liminal space? A liminal space is the space between what was and what's next. It's a transition time period between what happened before and what's about to come. The idea of a liminal space has become important in different parts of American culture, in art and in entertainment. That idea of a transitional space, it can be used for different effects. I want you to take a look at the image of this painting. This is an Edward Hopper painting, and Hopper was a 20th century American realist painter, uh, one of the most important painters from that particular uh, method. And he used liminal spaces in quite a few of his works. And here, he's created a large motel window. It's bigger than normal, and it's framing a little piece of, a, of an American West scene. And Hopper's trying to say something about the way we've domesticated and tried to cut down to size and bring inside of our little motel rooms and spaces what was the big, wide-open American West. And there's something about this, about the look of, of the woman's face and the colors and the clean lines, the way this window, this large window, bigger than a normal motel window, is framing what had been a wild place that... It can make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. It's supposed to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. In, in movies and television shows, they often use liminal spaces to make us feel a little unsettled, uncertain of what's coming next. Have you ever watched the old Willy Wonka movie that starred Gene Wilder? Some of you have done that. If you haven't watched it, you should, you should find it and watch that movie. That movie used liminal transitional spaces to create a feeling, a sense of unease. There was a hallway that seemed to extend forever with different doors, but really the hallway was getting smaller, and you weren't sure what was at the end of that hallway. But the most disturbing scene that I remember is when Willy Wonka and the children on his tour, they get inside a boat. You remember this? and into a tunnel. If you've ever watched the movie, I'm sure you remember it because Wonka becomes a little bit unhinged and you're not exactly sure what's gonna happen. His eyes go a little bit wild and he starts quoting this poem and the lights are psychedelic and the kids in the boat are not sure what's gonna happen. And as the viewer, you're, you don't know where he's taking them on this underground tunnel boat and where that's going to end up. In more modern movies, a lot of horror movies and television shows, they will use lemon, liminal spaces to help us feel a little bit uneasy about what's gonna happen next. If you've watched Stranger Things, if you're a Stranger Things fan, in the previous season, that show, that Netflix show, used a shopping mall. And in a mall, when it's normally full of people, it feels, it feels pretty normal, it feels okay when there's lots of people inside of a mall. But when the mall is empty and there's no one around, it's kind of like a church that's empty with no people. And it feels a little bit menacing, a little strange. Just about anything could happen in that kind of transition space between what it's supposed to be like and, and what it not really is supposed to feel like. Liminal spaces are not just physical experiences in our physical world and reality, but we also experience liminal transitions in time. As life moves along, 
as we make progress, as we experience all the different seasons and stages of life, we encounter those liminal transition moments. A few years ago, Grace Fellowship Church, you know, all together, we were in in a significant, the most significant transition moment for the church, more than likely, as as the church transitioned from Tom Euler's leadership, who led the church for more than 30 years, so faithfully. And now, together, Grace Fellowship and me, we're experiencing another more minor transition, more of a speed bump transition as, as I'm moving away. And what's a, what might be a smaller transition moment for GFC, it's a big one for me and for my family. But every one of us in our own life experience, we we come up against those transition moments. We face them all throughout life. And this morning, I I wonder if you could take a moment to reflect and think about your past and your present, your future, the different changes that have been part of your past experience and maybe even a transition moment that's part of your life right now or that you see coming up just around the corner. Some of those transition moments, we see them as good things, as positive. Weddings and graduations, a new job, new relationships and new opportunities. And others we experience as very painful moments of change. Moments and seasons where we've lost someone that we've loved very deeply and completely major illnesses that we experience or surgeries that we need to recover from, the end of relationships that have been important to us. Would you just take a quick inventory in your own mind about the transitions that are part of your life in your recent past or in your present or or that you see coming up just around the corner? Because today, we want to offer up those transition places over to our God. And together, we want to discover some truth from the scriptures that can help us manage those transitions and live through them as well as possible. We're learning from a particular transition moment that's recorded in the scriptures in the book of Acts. So if you have your Bible with you or an app that you can open up or you're watching at home and you can pick up Uh, a phone and open up an app or walk across the room and grab a Bible, would you find your way to the book of Acts chapter 15? This book is a transition book. The whole book is a transition. The first four books of the New Testament tell us the story of Jesus, the life of Christ. And the book of Acts tells us the story of the church that Jesus began and how that early church continued to grow and form and develop and the challenges the church faced, the setbacks and the successes. Jesus lived and he gave his life for us and he rose from the dead. And that story is told in the gospels. And at the beginning of the book of Acts, Jesus ascends back to heaven and he leaves gifted people to keep leading the church and helping it to grow. And in Acts chapter 15, there is a particular transition moment in the life of two of those early church leaders, Paul and Barnabas. And this moment was significant in their experience and leadership, but it's also important for that early church, and it affects all of us. And so we want to 
gain three principles, three truths from the story of their transition moment and to help us remember these truths. I want us to think about them through the lens of a problem, a solution, and then an application. So you can follow along on the screen as I read from Acts 15, beginning in verse 36. Uh, you can also keep your Bible open. You might want to reference that as we talk together. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed, and he wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed off for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas. And as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Then he traveled throughout Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches there. This was a big transition moment for Paul and Barnabas, but also for the early church that was just developing, and it even affects you and me in ways that maybe we haven't stopped to think about. You know, that first verse said, after some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the other churches that we had been a part of and encourage those new believers and see how they're doing. Now, that's referring to what we call the first missionary trip of Paul and Barnabas. For two and a half years, Paul and Barnabas and some others, they traveled through what is in our modern day, the northwest parts of Syria, the southwestern parts of Turkey, and they helped establish new churches. They shared the gospel, and they encouraged new churches that were sprouting up and developing. For two and a half years, they traveled together and worked and ministered, and then they came back to Antioch, their home base. And now for three years, Paul and Barnabas have been engaged in ministry in Antioch. They've been helping serve and lead the church there. In fact, they helped that church develop into a regional church that would continue to exert influence for centuries later, a big church. And for three years, Paul and Barnabas, they've helped develop that ministry there, and they've built relationships, and they've loved the people that they've been around. And now, Paul and Barnabas are sensing it's time for a change. Now, there is another change going on with Paul and Barnabas that, that you really have to read the whole book of Acts to really figure out. But there was a leadership transition between Barnabas and Paul. Because when Barnabas and Paul launched out on that first missionary journey, Barnabas was the clear central leader. He was the one who was out in front, and he called the younger man, Paul, to come alongside him and be a co-leader. And, and during the course of that first missionary journey, and then in their time in Antioch, their relationship began to change. And we begin to notice how Paul is beginning to take the lead, and Barnabas is supporting Paul, and their roles began to reverse. And then there's this geographical change that they're about to experience for three years. They've been stable in the city of Antioch and in the church there and have loved the people there. And now they're sensing that it's time to get moving again. 
their leadership, their work relationship, their geography, everything about their connection was changing. And it was in that moment, that sensitive moment where they experienced a sharp, strong disagreement that ended up leading them in different directions. Those liminal transition moments are sensitive for every one of us. So I want you to remember these three truths that we'll talk about. First, the problem. The problem that all of us face is that transitions are common, but they are very uncomfortable. Transition times where we're changing from what was to what's next makes us feel uncertain and uncomfortable, but it's a very common part of life. These transitions come in big ways and also in small ways. In fact, have you ever thought about or considered how many transitions you experience during one day, just in your normal daily routine? Every one of us, we start out with the same basic transition where we move from a state of being asleep to being awake. And some of us, we can't quite get over that transition all day long. We... We keep getting pulled back to that former state. And it's entertaining to me when that happens on Sunday mornings. You know, even during a sermon, I'm, I can see you. You know, so try to stay awake with those eyes open. We work at that, and then we keep moving through all kinds of different transitions all day long until we get to that point at the end of the day where we lay our head down on a pillow and we transition again from being awake to being asleep. And in between, we get up in the morning and we go through our routine, we get ourselves ready, and then we, we get in, maybe we get in the car and we drive to work and we get out of the car and get into the office and we go through our morning startup routine and then we have a meeting or a task or, or maybe uh, you're at home and you have a series of to-do lists and things that you have to take care of during the day around the house or we go to school and we have to be there before it starts and then we're there for first period and then we have all those transition moments when everything changes and we change classes. We have transition moments all throughout our day, every day. How do you use those moments? What do you do in those in-between daily spaces of life? And then we experience big transitions, big changes in life. They're common to all of us. And some of those we look for and we anticipate and others they take us by surprise and some we see as, as good things in life and others we see as, as very painful hard parts of life. The American Stress Institute has created an inventory. And the American Stress Institute, how would you like to work for them? You know, how many countries have a stress institute? Isn't that amazing? They've created an inventory to help people measure and quantify the different changes that we experience during life. Two Two psychologists came up with this. It's called the Holmes Ray Stress Inventory. And you can find a link to this inventory if you, if you click the notes app from the bulletin in the notes section. You can find that and you can follow it. You can also see it at the gfcnow.com live stream page if you wanted to take this inventory. All the different kinds of changes that we experience in life you can find them on this inventory, and the Stress Institute has put a number, uh, quality or quantity, 
on how much each of those stresses impact life. And you can add up all your different stresses from the last six months, and you can come up with a score. And the Institute tells you that if you score more than 150 points, you are 50% more likely to experience a major health problem in the next two years. So I took that inventory, and I counted all up my numbers up. I hit 196. Oh, I've, I'm glad you... I felt your pain with me. That was, the other group laughed. <laughs> I'm worried about myself. So you can take this inventory and see if you can beat my score and let me know. Those different changes in life, they, they make a significant impact. They, they change us. They make a big difference. Those transitions, they're common. Everything on that list, it's part of life for every one of us at one time or another but it's very uncomfortable. Paul and Barnabas, they experienced that. Uh, in this significant leadership and personal relationship and geog geography and work change that they had, that change revealed things about themselves that they had been ignoring, that they were unaware of. And you know why I think transitions in life make us uncomfortable? The small minor daily transitions where we're in between tasks, we often find something else to do. It's why we always pull out our phone and check our email or social media or develop habits that help us soothe ourselves and feel better. It's because those daily transition moments, they force us to be quiet and to remember things that we'd rather just forget. Think about realities that we would prefer to simply push past into the background of our minds. And those big transition moments, they reveal truth about ourselves and about our life, about our world that we would simply rather just ignore. Paul and Barnabas, in their transition moment, they realized that neither one of them were perfect yet. They were a work in progress. And over time, they had developed different priorities. Paul was mission-minded, and he was a hard driver. He knew where he was going, and he knew what it would take to reach those goals. And there was no way that he was going to bring along John Mark. I mean, Barnabas, are you serious? Mark left us when things got tough on our first journey. He left and took off. We're not going to bring him along. He doesn't have what it takes. He, he can't help us reach our goal. But Barnabas saw an opportunity to restore one who had fallen and to invest in someone who needed help in overcoming his weaknesses. That transition revealed truth about themselves, Paul and Barnabas, that ended up causing them to separate and move in different directions. In our transition moments, the small ones and the big ones, they're disquieting to us because they force us to be quiet and remember things we'd rather forget and see the truth about ourselves that we'd rather just ignore. That's our problem. Our solution comes when we begin to look at our transitions differently. Our second principle is this solution, that transition leads to transformation. It's in the transition spaces of our lives 
that we are changed into the people that God is calling us to be and wants us to be and is shaping us to become and where God gives us the opportunity to influence our world and other people to create lasting change. Did, did you ever wonder where that word liminal comes from? Maybe it's a new word for you or maybe you've known it before. Maybe you thought Titus just made up a funky word. That word comes from the research of two anthropologists in the early 20th century. One was French and one was British. And you know how the French and the British are. I mean, they've been at it for centuries and one always wants to outdo the other one. And these two guys were no exception. They began to research transitional phases of life or what they called rites of passage. And in their research, they launched a whole new field of study for anthropology. They needed a word to describe those moments in life where we're standing in between what was and what's next. And so they went to Latin and they found a word and brought it over into English and coined this new term. The Latin word is lemon, not lemon like the little yellow sour fruit, but lemon, L-I-M-I-N. And in Latin, it simply means threshold. It was the word that a Latin speaker would use when they were standing in a doorway and they were moving from the outside to the inside. Or they were moving from one room to another inside the same house or same structure. A lemon is a threshold that gets us from where we were to where we will be, that helps us move from who we once were to who we are becoming. It's an uncomfortable space where you're not quite in one room, but you're not in the next one either. And when we experience it in life, it's very uncomfortable because you're uncertain about what happens when you take that step into the unknown. It was in that space where God invaded the life of Paul and Barnabas. God used this sensitive and difficult transition moment to lead Paul and Barnabas in different directions. And Paul traveled further west than he had ever gone before. He pushed further into modern-day Turkey and the Greek settlements that were along the coast. He visited places like Ephesus, Philippi, and Galatia. Along the way, he met people and made new friends, like a doctor named Luke and a young man named Timothy, who would become his closest friend. Luke would go on to write the most thoroughly researched of the four Gospels that tell us the story of Jesus' life. Timothy would go on to be a leader for the church after Paul passed away, after that entire generation passed away. And Paul would develop relationships and friendships with new believers and churches, where he would then write letters to Ephesus, the Galatians and the Philippians, letters that instruct us and tell us what the Christian life looks like and how a church ought to operate under Jesus' leadership. Barnabas went a different direction, and God used that moment to change him and to change life for a young man named John Mark, a young man who failed and who left on his first opportunity for that first missionary journey but who Barnabas took back under his wing and invested in and developed and forgave and gave a second chance. And Mark would become the church leader who would probably write the first of the four gospels to be written down that would tell us, that would tell future generations 
about Jesus' life that would give us the good news of the gospel. That sensitive and difficult transition moment led to incredible transformation, both for Paul and Barnabas, but also for the early church. It even influences us today because the course of history was changed and it turned at this particular transition moment. We read five verses about it. Isn't that amazing? Transition, it's very common. The big ones and the small ones are part of our common life experience, but rarely do they ever feel entirely good. But it's in those transition moments where God has space to shape our character and soul and to help us influence and change our world. So what do we do with that? How, how does this change the way that we move through our transitions in life? I want you to notice the application. This is what we want to do with this information. We want to invite God into our transitions. We want to intentionally create space for God's gracious presence and activity in the big change moments of life and in the small daily routines that are common to life for all of us. There's a little phrase in Acts 15. Maybe you noticed it. When Paul and Barnabas were going their separate ways, and the church launched them out. We find that the church with Paul entrusted him to God's gracious care. The church trusted Paul over to God's good care. And wherever God would take and lead him. We want to take the transition moments of our life, the small daily moments, and the big earth-shaking moments we experience and trust those parts of life over to God's care. I want to give you a tool that, uh, that you can use in those daily transition moments. I read a book this summer called Get Your Life Back by John Eldridge. And Eldridge has a chapter in that book about the transition moments of life. And I want you to see what he says. He says, I believe that God is often providing the opportunity for transition. But since we don't have eyes to see it, we may have been missing it. Along with the book, Eldridge created an app that you can use on your, your phones and devices. It's called the One Minute Pause. I want you to, to see what this app looks like just a little bit, and you can find it at pauseapp.com. There's a link to this uh, website, too, in the bulletin notes, and so you can click there, and it'll take you straight to this app. This is designed to create moments of pause in our daily routine where we invite God's presence to be at work in our lives. And I, I, I remember the first time I used this app this summer. It was a meaningful moment for me. I was in my room, sitting in a chair in my room, and my mind was clouded with so many different thoughts and concerns and demands. We had just made an offer on the second house that we tried for up in Maryland. And I was thinking about all the different things that we needed to take care of for our family, for our kids, for all of us, all the different decisions that were lining up in a row. I was also trying to wrap up 
some of my responsibilities here at Grace Fellowship Church. And I had a sermon that I needed to write for the coming Sunday. And, and I couldn't clarify one single thought or, or action that I needed to take. And I sat down and I opened up that app for the first time. And for the first time, I prayed the simple words that I was guided to with that app. And I said, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. The app is designed to create moments of pause in our daily routine with some music and words to simple prayers that help us give everyone and everything that we experience over to him. You know, we also experience those big transition moments in life. Some are, are really positive and uplifting and, and others, well, they feel like a burden that we have to carry or a mountain to climb. In this transition, you know, that we're experiencing, because right now I feel like I'm under that threshold and stepping away from what has been and stepping into what will be. I've been trying to practice three specific actions, and I want to recommend these actions to you. When you find yourself in a significant transition moment, I want you to do these three things. Grieve. Celebrate and hope. It's not easy to take these actions, but by taking those three actions consistently, we can invite God to be active in those change moments and seasons of life. Grieve. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm not good at that. I don't know if it's, if, it's, if it's me and my personality or if it's an American trait, but I would rather skip over the grief when something difficult like that is coming my way, that's when I want to push the fast forward or the skip button. I would rather not feel those painful feelings. I, I try to avoid them and deny that they're even there or happening. Maybe you're like me in some way. If we want to invite God to be active in those transition parts of life, we must learn to pause and grieve. Even when we're looking forward to what's coming next, even if we're hopeful for that child who's leaving the home and starting out life on their own, even if we're excited about that new relationship that we're beginning, it's, it's okay. It's even good to be able to grieve what we've left behind and what we're no longer experiencing. You have permission to grieve in those transition moments. And second, Celebrate. Look back with gratitude on how God has been faithful, on how he has demonstrated his goodness in the past, and celebrate his activity. Celebrate the people that you have loved and been able to be around, and celebrate the good that you've experienced in your life as you're moving from what was to what's coming next. Don't, don't get trapped in nostalgia 
and in wishing for something to be different than it is or that you were living back then when life was better and good. Be able to celebrate the good parts, but don't get trapped in the past because you also want to live with hope. You want to look back on God's faithfulness and remember that he will continue to be faithful in the future, that he's been good in the past and he'll be good tomorrow, that no matter what, what comes our way or what kind of paths he leads us down, he will be present with us and he will put out that banqueting table and he will anoint us with oil. Hope. One of the greatest leaders of his generation, Colin Powell, he left 13 rules of leadership as part of his legacy and Colin Powell was an incredible person who led and lived with integrity, I think by anyone's measurement. Rule 13 in his list of 13 rules, he said, perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. And optimism's cousin is hope. Look ahead to what God will do based on what he's already done in the past and keep moving forward. Perpetual optimism makes you stronger. It multiplies your strength and the strength of everybody around you. Yeah, transitions, they're common to all of us, but that doesn't make them any easier. But it's in those liminal spaces where God has room to really change us and shape us and help us shape our world. We can invite God to be active daily by using that pause app or just by praying, Jesus, I'm giving everyone and everything to you. And when we face the big moments, we can grieve and celebrate and hope. There's a good reason that horror movies use liminal spaces to make us feel unsettled. It's because transitions are terrifying. When a house that used to, that once looked nice and was well taken care of, and it has not yet totally fallen down and fallen apart. It's still there, but you're not sure what's inside and what's lurking and what might be living in this broken down old place. It feels very uncomfortable. When you enter a hallway or a, a boat in a tunnel, and you don't know where that's going to end, it doesn't feel quite right. But those are moments where God has an opportunity to really work in us. I appreciated how Jim remembered Philippians chapter two, and that was a passage that has been on my mind in the last couple of weeks. It's one of my favorite passages. And it shows us the greatest example of any transition that anyone could ever experience because Jesus moved from heaven to earth stripped himself of divinity and took on humanity, and then he entered death. And then resurrection and new life and offering life to all of us. Jesus was in the form of God, and yet he considered that outward majesty of God not something to be held on to and grasped after, but he let go of it. And he took on himself the form of a servant. He was made in the likeness of a man and being found in the form of humanity. He humbled himself even further 
and became obedient to death. Grief. Even death on a cross. Therefore, God the Father highly exalted him. Celebration. And gave him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If anyone has a reason to live with hope, it's you and me. Because Jesus has done that and he's done it for us. Jesus, today... We're giving everything and everyone to you. Right now, we're giving you our transition moments, Lord. Those liminal spaces between what was and what's next. It's overwhelming to think about the many different transition moments that that everyone here is experiencing. Some are grieving a person that they've loved very deeply and who cared for them. Others are looking just up ahead and feel they can see the end of their life here coming. Children are leaving homes they grew up in. Ambitious people are starting new careers and new job opportunities. New relationships are are taking flight full of hope and optimism. Lord, we're giving you all of our transition moments. We already belong to you, but we are intentionally entrusting ourselves and our liminal spaces into your care and into your good hands. You've been so faithful to us in the past that we're full of confidence in how you will gently lead us like a good shepherd into our future so that our whole life is summed up and lived within your house forever. Jesus, today, We're giving everyone and everything to you.